If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to Paddington Station. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. Paddington, also known as London Paddington, is a central London railway terminus and London Underground Station complex, located on Prage Street in the Paddington area of London. The site has been the London terminus of services provided by the Great Western Railway and its successes since 1838. Much of the mainline station dates from 1854 and was designed by Isambard Kingdom Brunel. Paddington is the London terminus of the Great Western Mainline. Passenger services are primarily operated by Great Western Railway which provides commuter and regional passenger services to West London and the Thames Valley region, as well as long-distance intercity services to South West England and South Wales. The station is also the eastern terminus for Heathrow Express and the western terminus for the Elizabeth Line services from Shenfield. Elizabeth Line services also run through Paddington westwards to Reading, Heathrow Terminal 5 and Heathrow Terminal 4, and eastwards to Abbey Wood. Situated in the Fair Zone 1, it's got two separate tube stations, providing connections to the Bakerloo, Circle, District and Hammersmith and City lines. It's one of 11 London stations managed directly by Network Rail. The station has been perennially popular for passengers and goods, particularly milk and parcels. Major upgrades took place in the 1870s, the 1910s and the 1960s, each trying to add additional platforms and space while trying to preserve the existing services and architecture as much as possible. Paddington was first served by London Underground trains in 1863 as the original western terminus of the Metropolitan Railway, the world's first underground railway. In the 20th century, suburban and commuter services appeared at Paddington as the urban sprawl of London moved westwards. Despite the numerous upgrades and rebuilding, plus damage sustained during World War II, Brunel's original design is still recognisable. The station complex is bounded at the front by Prade Street and at the rear by Bishop's Bridge Road which crosses the station on Bishop's Bridge. On the west side of the station is Eastbourne Terrace, while on the east side there is bounded by the Paddington arm of the Grand Union Canal. The station is in a shallow cutting, a fact observed by the front of a hotel building, which can be seen clearly from the other three sides. To the north of the station is the Westway, to the northeast is Edgeware Road, and to the east and southeast is the London Inner Ring Road. The surrounding area is partly residential and includes the major St Mary's Hospital, restaurants and hotels. 
Until recently, there was very little office accommodation in the area, and most commuters interchanged between National Rail and the London Underground to reach workplaces in the West End or the city. However, recent redevelopment of derelict railway and canal land, marketed as Paddington Waterside, has resulted in new office complexes nearby. In addition to the underground stations at Paddington, Lancaster Gate Station on the Central Line is a short walk away to the south. A little further to the south lie the conjoined parks of Hyde Park and Kensington Gardens. The busy section of the incoming rain railway line between Labrook Grove and Paddington Station is known as the Paddington Throat, among some engineers. National Rail Station is officially named London Paddington, a name commonly used outside London, but rarely by Londoners, who we just call it Paddington, as on the London Underground map. This same practice applies to all the London mainline rail termini, except London Bridge. Parts of the station, including the main train shed, date back from 1854, when it was built by Isambard Kingdom Brunel, as the London terminus of the Great Western Railway, GWR. After several false starts, Brunel announced the construction of a railway from Bristol to London on the 30th of July, 1833. This became GWR, and he intended it to be the best railway in the country. The GWR had originally planned to terminate London services at Euston, as this was then allowed as part of the London and Birmingham Railways track into the station, which would have been cost-effective. This received government approval in 1835, but was rejected as a long-term solution by Brunel, as he was concerned it would also allow Liverpool to compete as a port with Bristol if the railway from Birmingham was extended. The first station was a temporary terminus for GWR on the west side of Bishop's Bridge Road, opened on the 4th of June 1838. The first GWR service from London to Taplow, near Maidenhead, ran from Paddington in 1838. After the main station opened, this became the site of the goods depot. Brunel did not consider that anything less than a grand terminus dedicated to GWR would be acceptable, and consequently this was approved in February 1853. The main station between Bishopsbridge Road and Prade Street was designed by Brunel, who was enthusiastic at the idea of being able to design a railway station himself, although much of the architectural detailing was done by his associate, Matthew Wyatt. He took inspiration from Joseph Paxton's Crystal Palace and the Munchen Hauptbahnhof. The glazed roof is supported by wrought iron arches in three spans, respectively, spanning 68 feet, 21 meters, 102 feet, 31 meters, and 70 feet, 21 meters. The roof is 699 feet long, and the original roof spans had two transepts connecting the three spans. It's commonly believed that these were provided by Brunel to accommodate transversers to carry coaches between the tracks within the station. However, recent research using early documents and photographs does not seem to support this belief, and their actual purpose is unknown. The original station used four platforms. 27 foot wide and 24 foot 6 inches wide departure platforms, a 21 foot arrival platform and a 47 foot combined arrival platform and cab road. A series of 19 turnplates were situated beyond the ends of the platforms for horse and coach traffic. The first GWR service from the new station departed on the 16th of January 1854, though the roof had not been finished at this point and there were no arrivals. It was formally opened on the 29th of May, and the older temporary station was demolished the following year. The Great Western Hotel was built on Prade Street in front of the station from 1851 to 1854 by architect Philip Charles Hardwick, son of Philip Hardwick, designer of the Euston Arch, in a classical French chateau design. It opened on the 9th of June 1854 and had 103 bedrooms and 15 sitting rooms. 
Each corner contained a tower containing two additional floors beyond the five stories of the main block. It was originally run by a consortium of GWR shareholders and staff before the company took over operations completely in 1896. The station was substantially enlarged in 1906 to 1915, and a fourth span of 109 feet was added on the north side parallel to the others. The new span was built in a similar style to the original three spans, but the detailing is different and it has no transepts. The area between the rear of the hotel and the concourse is called the lawn. It was originally unroofed and occupied by sidings, but it was later built up to form part of the station's first concourse. Paddington's capacity was doubled to four tracks in the 1870s. The quadrupling was completed to Westbourne Park on the 30th of October 1871, Slough in June 1879 and Maidenhead in September 1884. An additional platform, later to become number nine, opened on June 1878, while two new departure platforms, latest four and five, were added in 1885. One of the lines between what is now platform five and seven was removed in order that the latter could be moved to a more southerly position. Aside from the June 1878 work, Brunel's original roof structure remained untouched throughout the improvements. The GWR began experimenting with the electric lighting in 1880, leading to Paddington being decorated with Christmas lights that year. Although the system was unreliable, it spurred the GWR on a more ambitious lighting scheme in 1886, in which a 145 volt AC supply could light the terminus, office, goods yard, and Royal Oak and Westbourne Park stations. It was praised for its scale and showed that electricity could compete with gas lighting on the same scale. Paddington became an important milk depot towards the end of the 19th century. A milk dock was built in 1881, and by the 20th century, over 3,000 churns were being handled at the station every day. Other goods, such as meat, fish, horses, and flowers, were also transported through Paddington. Passenger traffic continued to improve as well. In March 1906, the goods depot at Westbourne Park was moved to Old Oak Common. The main departure platform was extended in 1908 and used for milk and parcels. In 1911, work began to separate light and empty carriage traffic from running trains between Paddington and Old Oak Common, which involved the rebuilding of Westbourne Park Station. The work was halted because of World War I, but resumed in 1926 to be completed the following year. Three new platforms were added, Platform 12 in November 1913, Platform 11 in December 1915, and Platform 10 the following year. The roof was completely reconstructed between 1922 and 1924, replacing Brunel's original iron cast columns with steel replicas. Unlike several other London termini, Paddington saw no damage during World War I. Although Victoria and Charing Cross were the main stations for military movement during the war, Paddington was used for some of this traffic. On Armistice Day 1922, a memorial to the employees of GWR who died during the war was unveiled by Viscount Churchill. The bronze memorial, depicting a soldier reading a letter, was sculptured by Charles Sergeant Jagger and stands on Platform 1. The GWR was the only railway company that continued through the Big Four grouping in 1923. A tube railway for the post office opened in December 1927 and could cater for around 10,000 mailbags every day. Paddington was extended again from 1930 to 1934. Platforms 2 to 11 were extended past Bishop's Bridge Road and a new parcel depot was built. Suburban services, which had never been considered important at Paddington, were increased as new housing estates in the home counties started to be built. Bishop's Road Station was rebuilt 
giving an extra four platforms to Paddington, numbers 13 to 16, and provided a new ticket office and entrance for suburban services next to the bridge. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. A public address system was introduced in 1936. By this time, around 22,000 parcels a day were being forwarded from Paddington, with the mail service processing around 4,500 mailbags and 2,400 parcel bags every day. The station came under attack several times during World War II. On the 17th of April 1941, the departure side of the station was hit by a parachute mine, while on the 22nd of March 1944, the roof between Platform 6 and 7 was destroyed by two 500-pound, 230-kilogram bombs. Passenger traffic greatly increased through Paddington during the war, partly by evacuation to the relatively quiet Thames Valley, and because holidaymakers chose to travel west as large areas of the south and east coasts had been taken over for military purposes. On the 29th of July, 1944, the station was closed for three hours because the platforms were saturated with passenger traffic, while on the subsequent August Bank holiday, crowds were controlled in tight queues along Eastbourne Terrace by mounted police. Steam traffic began to be replaced in the late 1950s. Between 1959 and 1961, suburban services switched to diesel multiple units, while the last regular long-distance steam train left Paddington on the 11th of June, 1965. The track layout was reorganized in 1967, abolishing the distinction between arrival and departure platforms that had been a feature of Paddington service since the opening. A new set of sidings was built south of Royal Oak, and the track curve into Paddington was east. Services to the Midlands were rerouted via Marylebone during the time. The station concourse was enlarged in 1970, and the ticket office was rebuilt in the same year. By this time, Public opinion had turned against wholesale demolition and redevelopment of stations such as Euston, and consequently the rebuilding work was done with an eye towards preserving Brunel's and Wyatt's original station design. Special steam services began to be run from Paddington again in the 1980s. In 1982, a bronze statue of Brunel was erected on the station concourse. It was sculptured by John Doubleday and funded by the Bristol and West Building Society. Between 1989 and 1999, the lawn was re-roofed and separated from the concourse by a glass screen wall. It is surrounded by shops and cafes on several levels. As with other major British railway termini, Paddington is owned and managed by Network Rail. Train services were privatised in 1996, initially to Great Western Trains and Thames Trains. The former company was renamed First Great Western in 1998 and merged with First Great Western Link and Wessex Trains to form the Greater Western franchise in 2006. In 2015, the operating company was renamed Great Western Railway. In the mid-1990s, the Great Western mainline approaches and platforms were electrified as part of the Heathrow Express project. Opening in 1998, the airport rail link connects the station directly to Heathrow Airport. From 1999 until 2003, express baggage check-in facilities for airline passengers were provided in the lawn. However, these were progressively replaced by retail units. The station's fourth span was renovated in 2010, involving repair and restoration of the original glazed roof, so that platforms 9 to 12 can once again enjoy daylight. A false ceiling, 
or crash deck, had been in place since 1996. Work was completed and the restored roof unveiled in July 2011. The second phase of improvements began in July 2014 and was completed two years later. Network Rail originally planned to demolish Span 4 and build an office block over it, which was successfully contested by Save Britain's Heritage. By the mid-2010s, construction began on an underground station as part of the Crosswell project, located southwest of the main station building. Coinciding with this project, a new taxi rank and pickup point was built north of the main station, as well as comprehensive upgrades to the Paddington tube station. The underground platforms opened as the Elizabeth Line on the 24th of May 2022. The station had previously been criticised for its very poor air quality inside the train shed. However, this was improved with the replacement of diesel intercity 125 trains by bi-mode class 800 and 802 trains in the late 2010s. Paddington is the London terminus for the long-distance high-speed trains operated by Great Western Railway. Two services go to Heathrow Airport. The Heathrow Express travels non-stop at a premium fare, while the Elizabeth Line takes the same route but calls at all intermediate stations. The station has 13 terminal platforms, numbered 1 to 12 and 14, from southwest to northeast. Platforms 1 to 8 are below the original three spans of Brunel's train shed, platforms 9 to 12 beneath the latter fourth span. Platform 13 was decommissioned in December 2013 to permit lengthening of platform 12 for 10 coach trains. Platform 14 is within the Metropolitan Railway's Old Bishops Road suburban station to the northwest. Immediately alongside are through platforms 15 and 16, used by the London Underground's Hammersmith and City and Circle Lines. The current operator, Great Western Railway, assigns numbers to the pocket timetables it publishes, and its services to Bath, Bristol, Western Supermare and South Wales are in timetable number one. The concourse stretches across the heads of platform 1 to 12, underneath the London end of the four train sheds. Platform 14 can only be reached indirectly via the northwestern end of platform 12. A footbridge crosses the northwestern end of the station and gives access to platforms 1 to 12 and 14. There are ticket barriers to platforms 2 to 7 and 10 to 14. A first class lounge on platform 1 provides complimentary refreshments and Wi-Fi internet access. It also has screens showing television news, as well as a departure board. Platform 7 is dedicated to the Heathrow Express. Flight information display screens for airline passengers are provided at the Heathrow Express ticket office near these platforms. An integrated timetable is offered from Paddington and Ross Lair Europort in Ireland via the Stenoline Ferry from Fishguard Harbour Railway Station, with through ticketing to stations and a daily morning and evening surface in both directions, changing at Newport, Cardiff or Swansea. The route has been in existence since 1906. Paddington is the terminus for suburban trains to West London, Thames Valley, Reading and Didcot, operated by Great Western Railway. The general off-peak service pattern in trains per hour is Bristol Temple Meads, two trains per hour, Cardiff Central, two trains per hour, with one train per hour carrying on to Swansea, Cheltenham, one train per hour, Exeter St David's, one to two trains per hour, Oxford, two trains per hour, Plymouth, one train per hour, and Didcot, two trains per hour. The Elizabeth Line operates from the underground Elizabeth Line platforms A and B, with four trains per hour going to Heathrow Terminal 4, two trains per hour going to Heathrow Terminal 5, two to Reading, two to Maidenhead, eight to Abbey Wood, and eight to Shenfield. The Heathrow Express itself operates four trains per hour to Heathrow Terminal 5. As part of the Crossrail project, a new underground station was constructed on the site of the former taxi rank in Departures Road. 
the platforms open with the launch of the Elizabeth line on the 24th of May 2022. Built using cut and cover construction, the station box is 23 meters, 75 feet deep, and 260 meters, 850 feet long. As part of the construction of the station, the taxi rank was moved to the north side of the station, and Eastbourne Terrace was closed in early 2012 for two years to allow construction of the station box to take place. The station was designed with a 90 meter, 300 feet clear opening into the underground station covered by a 120 meters by 23 meters wide glass canopy. Artwork of cloud formations by artist Spencer Finch have been digitally printed onto the glass canopy. The station was awarded a Civic Trust Award in 2023. In the 1990s proposal for Crossrail, the station was to be built in the same location on Eastbourne Terrace, but would have been designed by a different architect with a similar canopy-based design. Like all Elizabeth Line stations, the station has been built to be fully accessible with lifts and step-free access. An underground connecting passage between the Bakerloo Line platforms and the Elizabeth Line platforms has been built. The children's book character Paddington Bear was named after the station. In the books by Michael Bond, he is found at the station, having come from Deepest Darkest Peru, and with a note attached to his coat reading, Please look after this bear. Thank you. A statue of him by Marcus Cornish, based on the original drawings of Peggy Fortnum, is based under the clock on Platform 1. Paddington Station has been referred to in several popular works of fiction. It's mentioned in several Sherlock Holmes novels. In The Hand of the Baskervilles, Watson and his companions Dr Mortimer and Sir Henry Baskerville lead for Dartmoor from Paddington. The mystery novel 450 from Paddington by Agatha Christie begins with the murder witnessed by a passenger on a train from Paddington. One of the railway series books, the Eight Famous Engines contains a story about Gordon, Duck and a foreign engine debating which station London is. Duck says that he used to work at Paddington, so he knows that Paddington is the most important. However, Gordon later finds out that the station in London is St Pancras. There is a fictional underground Paddington station on the North London system in the novel The Horn of Mortal Danger from 1980. The band Supertramp used Paddington Station to record the train sounds featured in the song Rudy on the 1974 album Crime of the Century. There's a documentary television series about Paddington Station on Channel 5 called Paddington Station 24-7. So I hope you've enjoyed our look at Paddington Station and how comprehensive was that with all of the different redesigns going on but keeping Brunel's original arches. So if you ever get down there, do look out for those. If you'd like to make contact with us and suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk or our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.